Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Peanuts World. In this episode of my podcast, I'm the TR Writing Club is going to be sharing excerpts of their stories. They're going to go one by one. And first up is McKenna from grade three at TR. And she's going to be reading page five, chapter one from her story, The Tre- Treasure Hunt. Let's go, McKenna. Lily was already afraid of heights, but now she was even more afraid of heights. But she really wanted to find the treasure, so she just went for it, even though the branch kept cracking. She kept on going, facing her fear. As soon as Lily got off the secret passageway, the branch broke. And instead of being scared, she was actually really happy that she had made it across the passageway. Lily grabbed the clue and took the branches down to the floor since they looked exactly like a ladder. So she took that way down. Lily started to read the clue. This clue was in cursive, so it was hard for her to read it. She had never learned how to read cursive. Once she did read the clue, she said, Even though I am old, you tell me things that travel far and wide so the person you are speaking to can hear. What am I? She started walking back to the city. She looked around to see what things were there. That kept making her find that might help her find out what the answer to the clue was. She was trying to find something that applied to everything the clue said. So she looked around to find a lot of people on their cell phones. She had been up all night walking farther and farther from home. So she started seeing more cell phones the closer to home she got. Lily thought a cell phone might be the answer to the clue, but a cell phone was not that old. Then she remembered that she learned in class a long time ago that there were different phones and they could kind of do the same things today's phones can do. She wondered where she could find one of these old phones. Then she remembered that she learned in class that there was only one old phone left. And it was in the antique store. It took, it would be auctioned off at 8 p.m. Lily waited until 8 p.m. She was willing to pay all of her savings because she really needed that phone. Lily. Lily's limit for betting was $200, and that would be as far as she could go. Then the time finally came. Lily was ready to get that phone. She noticed that there was only one other person who was betting for the phone. Fortunately, they weren't willing to bet above $150, so Lily still got the phone. She won it for $152. Wow, great job, McKenna. Thank goodness for Lily getting that phone. So, that was McKenna from grade 3 at TR sharing um, page 5 of her story, The Treasure Hunt. Let's give it up for McKenna. Yay! Next up is Lila from grade 3 reading a section of her book called Cats in the Forest. 
When I first opened my eyes, all I saw was the forest, nothing else. I didn't know where I was. Just then I heard some sticks breaking. I knew I had to hide, but my legs were very wobbly. I couldn't move, but my legs hurt a lot. Then I saw other cats. One was a light blue color like the moon, and the other was a fiery red. I knew they saw me, so I just sat there waiting. They were talking about me. All I heard was, should we take her back in? Who's her parents? Her mother. Then the blue one that looked like the moon came forward and picked me up. I started struggling. Then she said, it's okay. We're taking you somewhere safe. I started combing down so she and the fiery red cat can take me wherever. Then the red cat said, my name is Red Tail, and this is Blue Star. Why are your names different, I asked. And not just Red Star and Blue Star. Because, well, it's complicated, but let me explain it this way. As they keep walking, as they keep walking. Well, so there is a leader whose name ends in star, like Blue Star. I keep listening. Then there's a deputy, which is me. And deputy takes care of the patrols and other stuff. Then there's the warriors. They take up a majority of the clan. Warriors also have lots of jobs. They've mentored their apprentices, and they hunt and feed the clan. The clan. They hunt and feed the clan. Also, they protect the clan in battles against the other clans. What? Why do you battle, I ask? Well, sometimes clans disagree, and we need to fight it out. Wait, we're here. This is from the clan camp, home to the four-something clan. Wow, I say. Let's finish talking in Blue Star Sand and give you a name. Like what name, I asked. Well, every cat in the clan has a name based on them. Oh, I said. Blue Star said, it's time for you to get your name, so follow me and just sit next to me. Okay, I, okay, I say. Clan meeting, Blue Star calls. Cats of all shapes and sizes come out of dens and swarm the other zone. Who are they, I asked. Redtail says, they are my clan. Wait, meeting. The, be quiet, the meeting is starting. I am still and as quiet as a feather. Blue Star starts talking. Cats, me and Redtail have found a kid in the woods, and we are taking it in now. We have to give it a name. It is round six moons, and we will also give it a mentor. First, she needs a name. Oh, she paused. Your name will be Icepaw. Cats start calling my new name. Icepaw, Icepaw, they cheer. Wow, Lila, really great beginning to your story. So... All hail Ice Paw, the cat. Now she needs a mentor. Redtail will mentor her and give her the courage and strength she needs. Just then I noticed the young cat looking at me. She can't stop. I don't know why. So that is my book so far. And We've heard two great stories so far. Next up is Siddharth, a fourth grader at Two Rivers. Let's hear it for Siddharth. Yay! Prologue. Okay. Seventy years before book one. Finally, thought Dripslobber, the tunnels are complete. She, her bodyguards, and the rest of the group had been digging for years. I hope I win the election. They had basically invented Dog Todd. She would have to tell the other dogs about her invention. I guess is that those tunnels are far from collapsing, she thought. They had made holes in parts of the tunnel so that light could come in. She was making not one of the holes right currently. They had decided to build the tunnel start under what every dog had guessed was a metal beast path. They had sealed off the entrance using gurgle so that two pups wouldn't notice the tunnel. One of her guards had tried to make the tunnel using gurgle, but to no avail. All dogs were born with a tiny bit of gurgle that allowed them to lift objects without touching them. Every dog that accompanied her had at least enough gurgle to appear in front of any dog. She, herself, 
had enough gurgle to notice when other dogs wanted to contact her if they have a if they had a raised paw. She could probably do it without them having a raised paw, but the effort of doing so would make her exhausted. She had managed to build her palaces in Gurgle, but after that she had slept for six days. So she decided not to use Gurgle for a day. Prologue two Cat Schemer Three months after book two. The cat thought for a moment. Last time, Queen Driftflower won the election, but this time, we'll be the one to win, thought Sharpclaw. Wahahaha! We will gradually drive all of the dogs out of the dog park until there are no dogs left. Queen Driftflower may be more popular among the dogs than our cat candidate, but if none of them show up to vote, our cat candidate will win. Mwahahaha! Part 1 Gaining power. Chapter one. Tunnel. I was running home for di- for dinner. When I got home, I wanted to get inside, and the two paw pup opened the door. I walked upstairs to the two paw pup's room. When I got there, the two paw pup was already in bed. I hopped up on the bed, and went to the most com- comfortable place, which happened to be right in top on top of the two paw pup. It turned out that I didn't sleep much because after a few minutes, it was time for my first dinner of the day. One of the two paws put my food in my food bowl and I kindly accepted it. When I finished my dinner, I went for a, I went for a walk, got outside, and escaped. Right after I escaped, I caught a squirrel and dropped it on the ground. I ran to Swamp Poodle Dog Park, and quite a lot of dogs were assembled in front of Gordon. Just then, I felt the need for pets again and ran home. After I got inside, I got the pets I needed, then then subsequently fell asleep. After I woke up, I rushed downstairs to eat my first dinner of the day. When I went for dinner... The two pop-up rushed to my food bowl, then put my food in it. When I finished my first dinner of the day, I left my house. Right after I got outside, Queen Dripslobber appeared in front of me and said, I, Queen Dripslobber, invite you and any dog else that goes to the meetings at Swapoodle Dog Park to go to my palace. Then she proclaimed, when you arrive at Swamp Poodle, I will tell you the location of my palace. I ran towards Swamp Poodle Dog Park as fast as I could, ignoring squirrels and two paws alike. When I got there, the dogs were still gathered. I rushed up to the front of the gathering and said, I received an invitation to go to Queen Gripslobber's palace. She said that she'd tell me, where it was once I got to Swamp Poodle Dog Park. She must have forgotten that she told me that. Just as I said that, Queen Jipslobber appeared and said, My palace is located under this dog park. You will have to dig, and it will be a long and hard journey. When you get there, you will know where to find me. Then she said, Goodbye. If we're going underground, it's going to be a long and hard journey, I thought. And thought. And thought. At that point, we napped and thought some more.
Wow, Siddharth. I just, wow. That is a great story. Great beginning. That can go many places. Good job. Um, next up is Zara sharing a part from her story about the family of fish. So, Zara, take it away. The fish let the golden sun shine down on her through the clear water. That day, she was she looked like an ordinary fish in the water, but Yam Yam Zam Zam the third was no ordinary fish. She was a superhero fish, but not the only one in these waters. She was part of a superhero fish family, the most well-known swimming, excluding catfish. Catfish was an evil fish. He was the leader. It was the leader of the other side of the struggle, the evil. The bad fish had been known, had been around for some time, but the general public had known about them for only a few weeks yet. Early as that, they had made a name for themselves. The superhero fish. Though were, they were on a winning streak. They had just won a battle against the bad fish. It had been easy, but not too easy. In the early days of her superhero training, Yam Yam, or Yam for short, had learned that if something was too easy, then it was probably a ruse. But the bad fish had never done any ruses. But Yam Yam, Zam Zam the third, doubted that would continue under Catfish's rule. Catfish was much better at being a bad fish leader than dogfish. The next day, bad fish attacked again. But this time they had something big and bad and scary. So the superhero... Yes. So scary, the superhero fish are a bit worried. The battle began. Pow, thump, kick, wham. Can you guess who won? The super fish, for sure. The danger... Oh... For sure. The danger, they yell. The dang the danger is near. Run! It's a shark. Great job, Zara. That's a great story. So you can go a lot with that and you know it's always good to have multiple options when you're writing a story. So yay for you. Next up, I'm actually gonna be sharing a part of my story. Um, I believe that my story is the only one who, um, out of the stories that will be changed today that doesn't have a name yet. I haven't named it because I haven't gone very far in, but hopefully it'll have a name soon. So let's go. Long, long ago, the old land of Cetulia lay fast asleep, but not Queen Malsafinto. She looked out onto the palace balcony, staring up into the stars, her empty feelings consuming her. Then she noticed something. The wind was blowing west. That meant she was coming. The Centillion people were all about getting what you deserve. Seal an apple, an expensive fee. Seal someone's possession, jail time. Seal money, physical punishments. Seal kingdom, everlasting power. And you'd be surprised how many times that happened. The Centillion people worshipped 17 gods. The gods were all different and all had their own personalities. Martina, the Centillion goddess of fire, always liked to argue, even if she agreed. Banty, the god of music and nature, was a peacemaker and couldn't stand an argument. But Anaskok, the god of mankind and kingless Cetulian gods, 
was never stubborn and did what he had to do to help mankind and his fellow gods. In most stories, the gods are immortal. The Zetulian gods are different in every single way than the other gods. The only immortal gods are Aniskok, being the king of the gods. It was important he was able to stay alive. Banty, he's Aniskok's younger brother, a runs in the family. And last and certainly least, Aniskok's older sister and goddess of hatred and death, Melfina. But nevertheless, all gods live for at least a century and have crazy powers. But don't get the wrong idea. This story is about the people, not the gods. Or at least, it's about one god. Down in Cetulia, everyone is preparing for the birth of a new royal. Queen Malsofinto is in great pain, and her oldest daughter, she had 14 children, all girls, Princess Marjorie, was in charge of running the country, because not only was it the birth of a new royal, it was also the three-day-long Cetulian Independence Parade. Everyone was bustling with excitement, though nobody knew what was ahead. The baby came on the third day, and it was another girl. Her name was Evelynette Barshroud. Her birthday was Friday, March 13, 1967. The people were worried. Everyone knew that was the most unlucky birthday possible. 142 years ago, Prince Marquise had the same birthday and was eaten by the eagleful dragon of Morb, Sam Trum. But that's a story for another day. 17 years after her birth, Evelyn Eat was in the gym training. She had gone in 10 years from royal princess to warrior princess. Countless times she had kept the palace safe. But her greatest weakness was she never calmed down. She was reckless and loved to adventure unsafely. She, um, she worshipped all the gods except Malfina, for she was not full of hatred, unlike the daring goddess. While training, her coach, Montelaco, walked in. Your Highness, she said, bowing her head. It is time. Evelyn ate froze, her mouth wide open. For years, she'd waited for it to be her time. Time for her to get her own sword. Montelaco started walking away. Follow me, she said. Evelyn Eat followed. Over here, Montelaco said, gesturing towards the door on the left, is where all the warriors of the past have chosen their swords through this room. Usually, on the 18th birthday of all Sotilian warriors, they get to choose a sword. These swords are made from the finest metals known to man. Even though you are only 17, we believe you are ready. Evelyn Eat smiled wide and looked down at the long row of swords to choose from. Finally, one caught her eye. It had a gold hilt with several silver diamonds along the bottom. At the top of the hilt, the sword had two many spears, shorter than the length of her longest finger, shaped like dragon wings. The blade was long and sharp. She felt instant connection with the sword. Ah, the Vortice de Viento, an Italian favorite, Montelaco said, smiling at Winnie's choice in sword. What is it in English? Wait, what do those markings mean? Evelyn Eat studied some markings along the hilt of the sword. She had just noticed them. Ah, to answer your first question, it is whirlwind. Some say it has the power to harness the wind if used properly. For your second question, it says, Tataki o Oru, marked by these symbols. Montako rubbed her fingers down the hilt where the characters representing her words were engraved. Yes, but what does it mean, Evelyn Eat said, giving her coach a look of wanting as she pressured on. <laughs> Montelaco chuckled. Relax, it means finish the battle. The man who made the sword, Cezon Calafun, was Italian, but his mother's family was Japanese. His father believed never to leave a fight unfinished, so, of course, to show both his parents and his creation, he wrote, finish the battle in Japanese. I would take the sword, and if you have chosen, and start practicing. 
You must build a bond with your sword. Remember, you think of it not as a weapon, but as an extension of your body. Wield it well. Evelyn nodded and ran off with a new sword. Shield, of course. Evelyn Beauchard, warrior princess, trained by the great Montalaco. She will be great, Montalaco muttered and walked off, locking up behind her. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed these stories. Before we end, we hope you write a great story today. Now, one final thing. In light of everything that's going on, it's best to stand together and work together. Sometimes there's no best options. We need to create one through thoughts, feelings, and stories, never violence. But remember, always do what you think is right and make the world great. So always write a great story. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed these stories.